Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information. Today is January 26. One year ago today, Kobe Bryant and eight others were killed in a helicopter crash. The LA Times today looks at the business legacy of Kobe Bryant under the headline, quote, Kobe Bryant's business empire remains expansive and inspiring after his death, end quote. This is your Morning Buzzcast for Tuesday, January 26. Good morning. I'm Abe Madcor. In other news today, baseball's Hall of Fame voting results will be announced tonight. Let's start with baseball news because this broke from Axios late yesterday is that Fenway Sports Group has ended talks to sell a minority ownership stake to Red Ball Acquisition. Now, that is the SPAC formed by Billy Bean and Jerry Cardinal. Axios is reporting that an alternative investment, structured more like private equity, remains possible. Now, remember, this deal was first reported on in October and suggested that Red Ball Acquisition was looking to acquire between a 20 to 25% stake of Fenway Sports Group, which of course includes the Red Sox, Liverpool, Roush Fenway Racing. That was all to be valued at around $8 billion. But Axios reported yesterday that Red Ball couldn't raise enough outside capital at the asking price, but they still may try to negotiate a private investment deal Red Ball acquisition will apparently continue to seek out acquisition targets in other areas, possibly pro soccer or gaming. But an interesting news scoop out of Axios yesterday. Let's shift over to soccer because the MLS announced yesterday that it is pushing back the start of its regular season till around April 3rd, though that's still contingent on having a finalized labor agreement. That's according to our own Mark J. Burns. MLS has had a hard deadline of this Thursday to reach an agreement, while the union responded with a counterproposal last Friday. Now, the 2021 season start date previously was around mid-March, so now they're pushing it back into early April. Preseason is scheduled to start February 22nd, with the playoffs beginning in mid-November, MLS Cup in early December. Of course, one of the teams set to launch this year, Austin FC, is scheduled to become the league's 27th team. We've talked about all the energy and I would say all the excitement around that team's launch. Well, they continue to have another financial success story as Austin FC announced yesterday a naming rights deal for its new facility with Q2, which is a financial tech company based out of Austin. The facility will now be called the Q2 Stadium, and that will open early this summer. Excel Sports Management assisted Austin FC in the naming rights deal. Financial details were not disclosed, but the stadium is owned by the city of Austin. However, Austin FC is not required to share naming rights revenue with the municipality. So Austin FC continuing to build brick by brick its
its financial story. Let's stay with news about Excel Sports Management because the agency has promoted Emilio Collins to become a partner. Now, Collins joined Excel about four years ago. He was previously at the NBA for 16 years. He will continue to help direct strategic growth. He also oversees the agency's sales and marketing efforts. Now, at the same time, Excel's founder, Jeff Schwartz, along with Casey Close and Mark Steinberg, will all become managing partners at Excel. Remember, Excel announced a minority equity stake sale to Shamrock Capital in December. So now they're doing a little bit of restructuring. Schwartz, Close, and Steinberg become managing partners. Emilio Collins is promoted to a partner level. Interesting news reported by ESPN last night is that the NBA and the MBPA are discussing the possibility of holding an all-star game in early March with the city of Atlanta emerging as the likely site. Now remember, the all-star game was scheduled for Indianapolis in February. It was canceled because of the coronavirus. Indianapolis was promised a future all-star game, but sources tell ESPN there are ongoing talks with the league and the union about a March 7th game in Atlanta. It would be far scaled down. It wouldn't look like the traditional all-star weekend, of course. Remember, the NBA has a midseason break from March 5th to 10th, and reportedly NBA PA President Chris Paul, who's a very influential voice in all league issues, has been really pushing the idea and linking the game to showcasing and benefiting the historically black colleges and universities and doing some COVID relief funds. The game could be played at State Farm Arena, but HBCU campus gyms could also potentially host the game. And of course, we all know that Atlanta is home of Turner Sports, so that adds a natural media home for the game because the crew would not have to travel at all. So very interesting news. Let's continue to watch whether the NBA and PA continue to move ahead with possibly hosting an All-Star game in Atlanta. Let's shift over to college sports because this was very interesting by USA Today broke yesterday afternoon, and that showcased financial statements that the NCAA's cancellation of last year's Division I men's basketball tournament because of COVID resulted in a $600 million annual decline in the NCAA's total revenue for its 2020 fiscal year. We all know how much the NCAA relies on the men's basketball tournament. Well, this shows exactly what the ramifications were. The NCAA had been scheduled to receive $827 million from CBS and Turner for the 2020 tournament. It received only $113.1 million. The NCAA did end up receiving some event cancellation insurance to the tune of $270 million. But overall, a $600 million annual decline in total revenue at the NCAA for its 2020 fiscal year. A couple of quick hitters as we end here. The Cactus League has formally asked Major League Baseball to delay the start of spring training. Saturday's UFC pay-per-view on ESPN Plus is tracking to be one of ESPN Plus's highest-selling pay-per-view events since it started carrying UFC nearly two years ago. Total buys could be at $1.6 million for that bout for ESPN Plus 
ABC and ESPN right now are so bullish about the UFC, they may consider putting more UFC programming on ABC, on the broadcast network, for live UFC events. So keep your eye on that. And this was big news yesterday. Our John Aran had it yesterday afternoon. The WWE is heading to Peacock, NBC Universal streaming service. It's a five-year deal said to be worth more than a billion dollars. This basically means the WWE is really set for any future media deals for a while. Their media footprint is in place. WWE Network now will move from its own standalone streaming service. Now it will launch on Peacock on March 18th. It'll be available for $4.99 a month or $9.99 a month without any advertising. Now, if you watch Peacock Network, they are building a pretty formidable sports portfolio. U.S. Open Golf, EPL, they have an NFL wildcard game, Tour de France, and the Olympics. They are obviously doubling down on their sports strategy. They think that's really going to drive subscriptions to the Peacock Network, and now they bring WWE Network into the fold. Now remember, the WWE Network launched in 2014. It currently has 1.2 million subscribers in the U.S. and about 400,000 around the globe. Now, Peacock's streaming platform is available to around 25 million Comcast and Cox subscribers alone at no cost. So you see the potential and appeal for the WWE to make its programming available to more subscribers. So a very big deal by Nick Khan at the WWE, Stephanie McMahon, Paul Levesque. It's the first big deal Nick Khan has made doing that with NBC Universal for the Peacock streaming service. And finally, I'll end because some people like this last week. Here are the top five red stories on our daily service yesterday. Number one was the story about the WWE moving to Peacock. The second story was about the future of the NBC Sports Network. Third story was about Entercom's plan to launch a sports betting-focused audio network. The fourth story was about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' home advantage in the Super Bowl is lessened by the pandemic. And the fifth most read story in our daily service yesterday was about Anheuser-Busch not promoting Budweiser during the Super Bowl. The top five most read stories for our print product, the most read story in the journal starting yesterday was Len Perna's deal to sell his turnkey search executive search firm to ZRG. The second most read story was the plans of NBC Sports Network to work with the PGA Tour on a new gambling activation. The third most read story was Terry Lupton's piece on the, I would say, scaled back hospitality plans around Super Bowl 55 in Tampa. The fourth most read story was our annual look at the state of new venues, new stadiums, and new arenas during the upcoming year. And our fifth most read story in the weekly edition was the NHL's plan to raise a billion dollars in debt for their teams. So those are some of the most read stories in our daily and weekly services. That is your morning buzzcast for Tuesday, January 26th. I'm Abe Madcore. I hope everybody stays healthy, stay safe, and I'll speak to you tomorrow. Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, 
Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information.